All right, hey everybody. I'm back after um, several days. I don't know, it could have been three or four, might have been seven or eight. It's strange, It's um, time is still kind of standing still and it's hard to keep track of the days, but, but then in some ways I'm like, oh man, how can we be in the middle of May already? It feels like it's flying by. So it's kind of like life with kids, I think the the hours can go by incredibly slowly, but the the weeks and months and years, well, obviously we're not into years yet with this. Hopefully we won't be. Go by so quickly with kids. Um, so it's maybe a little bit like that, but I'm realizing exactly why I've never found the time in the past to have a podcast, even though it's something I thought would be fun to do. We, we've we started doing curbside pickup now at the store, and we're still operating with only one person in each store, which has meant, you know, I've taken six days a week in Ballard, and then our three remaining staff have been splitting time at Capitol Hill, each doing two days a week. And, um, and now that we've added two hours at the end of the day to provide for curbside pickup, because we're doing um, virtual fits and and phone orders and fulfilling e-commerce orders from 10 to 2 and then doing the curbside now from 2 to 4, all of a sudden it's like, you know, getting there at 9, 9.30, usually wrapping up 4.35, like all of a sudden it turns into close to a, a full day of work plus the email stuff I catch up on at home and... And all of a sudden, things are, like, the time's gone. And, you know, when I try and spend a little time with Andrea and the kids and go for a run. And, and yes, I could definitely carve out a half hour, 40 minutes every day to do this. But, but I don't think that I will. And so I, I'm, I've got to figure out what the right cadence is for putting these out. Because I really do enjoy doing it. And it seems like um, some of you enjoy it as well, and and I want to keep going. So, and I and I want something to to listen back on, listen back to on on the other side of this pandemic. Assuming there is another side of it, the other side of it, there will be. It's just, uh, gosh, is that going to be? Certainly seems to be more than weeks. Is that going to be months, or is that? Getting into the years, it's crazy. Um, I think what what's really starting to hit me the most, well, there there's several things, but one thing that's really, I read an article by Dave Grohl the other day that was shared on Facebook. I think he wrote it for The Atlantic, and he was just talking about how much he wants to get back out on the road and perform live and how hard it is to be locked up and and then I saw another story that was maybe um, so, like someone that does um, stage setup and stuff for big events and just how hard that industry has been hit and how it, it's probably going to be quite a while yet before that resumes. And and that's tough for me. I've, I've already mentioned it here. But we had four Pearl Jam shows 
that um, were canceled, of course, in April um, that coincided with the kids' spring break. And then because we knew those were being canceled, Pearl Jam had also announced that they were going to play the Ohana Fest in um, Southern California in September. It's a festival that Eddie Vedder helps curate, and he performs there solo every year, but this would be the first year with Pearl Jam playing. And though it hasn't been canceled, everything you hear, you know, L.A. County extending their lockdown now for three months. Um, it just, it seems so hard to believe that several thousand people are going to be able to congregate with, you know, like how do you socially, social distance at a a rock show? It, it, so I, I just think that one's going to go, go by the wayside as well. And then I, I just, you know, like, what does this look like? It's tough. And I, I love, I love all live music, but I particularly love and miss seeing Pearl Jam. Um, I feel really thankful that the last little um, breath of normalcy that we had, it was a really great week. We we got to go see Death Cab for Cutie play at the Showbox on Monday. And then... I headed up to set up trail camp on Wednesday. Andrea came on Thursday. We had this amazing, amazing experience up on Orcas Island and then returned on the afternoon of March 1st from the San Juan Islands, kind of um, emerging from a, a technology-free weekend to to the news that the nursing home in Kirkland had been ravaged by COVID-19 and and then everything that's happened subsequently. So um so I you know I'm really thankful that I I just hope and if it was the, the last rock show I ever get to see, it was a great one. So thanks Ben and Death Cab for Cutie for a hell of a show at the showbox. Um that said, I really want to see Pearl Jam sooner than later. I mean, those guys all seem to be in great health and whatnot, but no one's getting younger here. They're all, uh, you know, mid-50s. And uh, they, they, you know, it's interesting. It's been fun for me to hear. Um, I listened to a podcast with Jeff Ament, and it seems to me I read or heard something from Eddie Vedder, maybe he shared a letter to the fa- the Pearl Jam fan club, the 10 club. Uh, and then there was the Dave Grohl thing, like just how much they enjoy getting out on the road too, um, from time to time. I mean, if it was just incessant touring, that's clearly not been Pearl Jam's MO for a long time because they do get burnout on it and they have families. But with proper breaks and... And they seem so excited about this new record. It, it, I really enjoy reading like how how much they were looking forward to getting out and playing these new songs and interacting with their crowd. It's nice to know that it's not just a job for them, that they really do feed off of that. Because I certainly feed off the energy that they're putting out to us. And it seems like it's a... Uh, 
a mutual exchange of energy. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and tell a, uh, uh, what I find a very humorous Pearl Jam story. So stay tuned for that. All right, so I've had um, Pearl Jam on the brain a little bit lately, missing seeing them play, um, listening to the new album, which is great. And then on, um, well, I realized on the 10th and the 11th of May, that marked my 20th anniversary of seeing Pearl Jam perform at the Mount Baker Theater, front row center. And then the following night on May 11th, 2000, seeing them play the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, BC at a uh, at an event sponsored by the Fox radio station in Vancouver. I've already touched on it here on the podcast, but it was a listener-only win your way in. I didn't win, but I was so, uh, so enamored with what I'd seen the previous night in Bellingham and and what the heck, Vancouver's only like an hour and a half away. How could I possibly let Pearl Jam play within an hour and a half and not at least try to to hear something, maybe through a wall? And it ended up better than that. I got into the show. But 20 years, man, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. So um the story though that I'm gonna tell this morning, normally I record these in the evening, but it's a Thursday morning. In 2009, Pearl Jam released Backspacer and they toured. And there was a, a nice little run of shows here in the, I guess on the I-5 corridor. Um, they played twice in Seattle at Key Arena. Andrea and I, of course, saw both of those. And then they played Vancouver, BC, probably at, um, hmm, well, I don't remember, GM Place maybe. Uh, and then they played a show that was billed as a Portland show, but it was actually uh, in Vancouver, Washington, the other Vancouver, the less, less exotic, less beautiful Vancouver. No offense, Vancouver, Washington, just not... You're not quite Vancouver, BC. Um, but it was at the Clark County Amphitheater, which I'd never been to, and that venue's not that great. But anyhow, that was the the fourth of that run of shows, and we were driving to all of them. And so, you know, I guess we were a little just, you know, late nights, lots of driving, I was doing all the driving as I always do, and I'm happy to do it. I like driving. Uh, so we'd been up to Vancouver, seen the show, drove back down, saw the show in Clark County Amphitheater, and Andrea had pushed for us getting a a room down there and spending the night and then driving home in the morning. And, and I assured her that now nah, that was completely unnecessary. It was... Uh, an expense we didn't need. We wouldn't, it's not like we were staying someplace to enjoy it. It was just out of unnecessary, um, she thought necessity. I didn't think it was necessary. So I said, don't worry, I got the driving covered. And so we got out of the show and I was, 
you know, energized and ready to roll. But, um, but it didn't take long after leaving to get on the highway at, you know, I don't know, midnight, uh, 11.30, midnight. Highway hypnosis starts setting in a little bit. And, and I did start feeling a little sleepy. So Andrea fell asleep not long into the drive and then I had the music turned up and and as we were, you know, somewhere probably Centralia, Chehalis area, I definitely was starting to feel sleepy and having to, you know, kind of smack my face and, and do all that. And occasionally Andrea would wake up for a second. She's like, you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I got this. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh boy, this is, this is rough. And, uh, and then we got up somewhere around Olympia and I did like, I was, my eyes were getting heavy. I think at one point Andrea was awakened because of the rumble strips on the side of the highway. Like I, you know, I hadn't fallen asleep, but it was one of the I mean, it's embarrassing. I feel guilty even saying how tired I was being behind the wheel. I mean, they say that's worse than uh, or equivalent to, you know, driving drunk or whatever. Probably not as bad as texting while driving, but not good. Um, So she was awakened by the rumble strip. She's like, Brian, we are pulling over. This is stupid. This is dangerous. And I was like, no, I'm fine. And uh, we just so happened to be at this exit where there was a... Uh, it was like a Motel 6, like just off the exit. She's like, pull in right there. We're going to get a room. And and then I was really, at this point, I was like, God, this is so stupid because it's it's like 1 in the morning now. We're going to stay at this super crappy hotel, motel, um, for what? Like six hours and then wake up get out of there as quick as we can because it's, you know, whatever. It's Motel 6. There's nothing nice about staying there. And then drive back to Seattle. I was like, this is so dumb. But she was insistent. She was wide awake at this point. And so, um, and I didn't want to ruin the, you know, how much fun we were having on this little road trip by getting into a fight or any more of a fight. So we pulled in. I walk into the the lobby, get a room, we go and park the car. And we parked, we backed in next to a, um, well, it was, uh, you know, like the parking lot had a curb all the way around it. And so we backed into a spot that was on the driver's side, there was a curb and then it wrapped around behind the car. And then on Andrea's passenger side, we're like another three or four parking um, stalls. And so, (laughs) and that's an important thing because as I backed in, there was like, you know, it kind of jutted out a little bit. So it, it went along the side of the car, the curb, and then wrapped around. And then there was a couple trees and stuff. And it was like a little peninsula of a curb. And then on the other side, like five feet, Six feet over, there was another row of parking spots, you know, the same thing. But this little curb peninsula stuck out and we parked adjacent that on my side because we backed in. 
And so I was like, God, you know, here we are at Motel 6. I blew it. I had my chance to get us back to Seattle. I couldn't do it. And neither of us are even that tired at this point. So it just seems super depressing that that we're now at this Motel 6 in Olympia at 1 or 1.30 in the morning. And so I open up my door and, you know, kind of hastily and uh, temper tantrum-y, jump out of the car. And as I do so, you know, the curb, the and it turns out it's like a painted curb. It's like got a, I don't know, you know, it's got almost like this slick paint on it. But I step out of the car and I step right onto the curb and literally like a, like a cartoon, I stepped directly into a pile of dog crap that, that was perfectly situated right on the painted curb. And like a banana peel in a cartoon, my feet kicked out from under me. I was complete. I'm convinced I was completely parallel to the curb at one point. Like that's how far out from under me my legs went. And then I fell my hip right on that curb, right into the the pile of dog poop. So now I'm livid, as you can imagine. So now it's 1.30 in the morning. We're at a crappy motel. And I've just slipped and fallen in a pile of dog poop. And I said, Andrea, we are not staying here. I'm going to go into that room. I'm going to clean up. Thankfully, I had a change of clothes. And we are getting our money back and we're leaving. And she could tell, you know, there's been a few times in our relationship where um, Andrea can just, she, she knows when... It's not worth fighting. Uh, most times she, she's the the end-all, be-all. But one, she could tell I was wide awake. And two, she could tell that I was um, upset on a, an entirely different level at that point. <laughs> so we went up into the room. I showered. I changed. I don't even remember what I did with the dog poop clothes. Hopefully we had a bag or something to tie those off in. And Andrea's like, well, what are you going to do now? Um, you know, we paid for the room. There's no way they're going to give us a refund. I said, oh, yeah, they will. I said, I'll, I'll take care of that. So we go back down, hop in the car, drive around to the other side of the building where the lobby is. And I walked in. And the, the, the guy seemed kind of surprised to see me. I said, hey. I need, um, I, I want a refund for our room. He's like, well, I can't, I can't do that. You just paid for it. I was like, listen, I pulled in, I stepped out of the car. I slipped and fell on a painted curb over there that had a pile of dog crap right as I stepped out. I've fallen. I got it all over me. I'm wide awake. The only reason we were staying at this crappy place is because we were, I was dangerously tired. We shouldn't be on the road. And now I'm wide awake. And he's like, oh, yep, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he uh, processed my card and returned it, and we hit the road. And I think both of us were wide awake back to Seattle, and it wasn't long before I was 
Well, it was probably <laughs> it's probably as we got back on the highway, I was able to laugh about it. I don't hold, I don't stay upset for long, and uh, and now I just I love the fact that that happened and that um, that it, it I hope that it's funny to you as the listener of this too, but it, it's hilarious to me, um, and it's just I I don't know I've never been in a situation like that before I've never seen I mean sure people leave dog poop all over the place but I've never I still don't know exactly how that could have played out the way it did where um like literally as I stepped out and like kind of pushed up out of the car my foot was in that pile and it just was like um like a greased pan or something I mean it was just so slippery and uh yeah so that was that was the end of our um <laughs> i guess the conclusion of our i5 pearl jam uh mini tour in 2009 all right well that's uh that's what i got for you today uh, i'm glad to be back at it hopefully you'll get a kick out of that and i'm going to try to I'd like to say I'm going to come up with a schedule on when I'm going to release this, but the reality is that's just not how how I work best. And so I'll continue to do them as I have time. And again, that might be three or four in a row, and then you might not get one for a few days, and then another one, and then and on and on. So it might be a little uh, frenetic, but that's that's how it's going to be. So I hope you're all doing well. Um surviving and hopefully maybe even thriving during this time of quarantine and yeah i wish you all the best stay tuned until next time